0: Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nissar Ahmad. Uh, this is episode 60 of the Career Matters podcast, and this episode is part of a day in the life of series of episodes that we have done so far. So if you recall, in each of these episodes, I conduct interviews with individuals from a particular career or a profession, and the goal of these this series or these interviews is so that the listener has an understanding of what is involved to get into that particular job or even how to thrive in that particular profession. And for today's episode, I'm speaking with someone who is the chief marketing officer or in short, a CMO. Chief marketing officers are executives who manage the brand, the image, marketing of a company in order to position the company or in order to increase sales. So it's a very, it's not an easy role. I can tell it, it has a lot of responsibilities and to share with us, his journey, his story. We have a guest. His name is Barry Rapkin. Uh, hey, Barry, uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, it's our pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, my pleasure as well. It's not every day I get to speak to a CMO, so <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, one of the first questions I always ask my guests is to ask them where they are, uh, where they are calling from.
1: Oh, uh, I am. Reaching you on a sunny, beautiful day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Now, Pittsburgh has a lot of history. Uh, the, if you look at the American uh, enterprise, uh, I think the steel mills, Carnegie Steel started there. Is that correct? Uh,
1: yeah, no, you, you got it. I yeah. believe during World War II, about 40% of the world's steel came out of Pennsylvania. It was uh, absolutely our, our primary economy.
0: Okay. So it looks like I've given it away. I've told you, I've told the audience something, uh, uh, an interesting fact about Pittsburgh. Maybe you can help us out. Can you share with us something other than steel, uh, like an interesting fact or fun fact about Pittsburgh that a lot of people do not know unless they've lived there?
1: Yeah, so I've lived here since I was five, so I can uh, pull from a deep wealth of experience. And um, the city has changed a lot over that time, but um, our biggest industries are no longer uh, steel, but still manufacturing. There's a ton of robotics here, um, huge amounts of healthcare and uh, and education. Uh, Schools like Carnegie Mellon University and uh, University of Pittsburgh. Um, In terms of a fun fact, Man, there's so many things. Okay, okay, I got one. Uh, during World War I, Pittsburgh actually has an H at the end of it, um, which is uh, a German uh, spelling. And during World War One, we actually cut the H from our name to show solidarity uh, with, with Americans and, and how anti-Germany uh, we were. And then um, <laughs> if you look at maps during that time, they're all missing the H, and then it was added on uh, back after the war to to get back in touch with our roots.
0: Wow. Uh, you know what? I've, I've never heard that before, uh, and that's why I asked this question because I'm sort of like a history in buff or a history nerd. And I always love Mm -hmm. to learn and hear things about that. So, thanks for sharing that. I'm sure I can bet most people do not know that. (laughs) So that's always a great fact. Um, So we can dive into the interview. uh, Before I get into the questions that I have, uh, I would like to learn a little bit about yourself, Barry, if you can share maybe in a few minutes a little bit about yourself, who you are. Yeah, um,
1: I think probably... Let me answer another question along with that, which is sort of how I became a CMO, because I think that they're um, probably linked. I've, I've had a weird path, but it brought me to where I am today. So I'll, I'll take you through it. Sure. Um, really, uh, since I was a little kid, as far back as I can remember, I've I've loved two things, um, people and technology, um, and especially the intersection of the two. And uh, I've then you know you're trying being a, a history nerd. I am a huge computer nerd. I, I love everything about technology, and I was getting into computer programming in middle school, and then in high school, um, I was kind of worried about dying a virgin and then being nerdy and thought uh, <laughs> I'd go in another direction. Um, so I started playing drums, starting out with rock and then eventually going to funk and that helped me sort of get into uh, break dancing and and um, that that culture. Um, so when I went to college, I pursued that more. I went to Beloit College uh, near Chicago and uh, started a, a breakdancing club. From that, we started uh, throwing bigger events, getting sponsored by Red Bull. And uh, I took an entrepreneurship course that really uh, just blew my mind uh, about what was possible. And I think before that, I'd seen business as kind of a dry, like bean counting sort of affair. But after that class, I realized, look, this is a way to, to change the world. What, whatever it is that the world needs, more of, you, you can bring it to life. and um, I was really passionate about street dance and I was good with computers and there were no good online resources for street dance. It was something where if you wanted to get five different videos, you had to go to five different websites and they were all very um, amateur and, and buggy and you'd have to pay shipping at each one and it was just kind of a labor of love that people were doing on the side. So you're lucky if you actually get your product shipped a month after. Um, you pay. And I felt like, look, I know there's this need. I know there's this community. And this was way before YouTube or any kind of online streaming options. Um, so why don't I start sort of an amazon.com uh, for street dance? And that would, uh, ended up being called cypherstyles.com. Um, I started it with some some good friends to this day. Uh, shout out to John Turner at Expert Usability and Christina at Barkley REI. And um, that was really where I got my start. I I had some good insights because I was familiar with the, uh, the culture and the community, but kind of on the road, we all learned usability, um, you know, pay-per-click advertising, web design, uh, e-commerce, <laughs> all the things you need to know to have a successful uh, online company. And then uh, from there uh, transitioned, I, I realized what I loved most about the role was really the, the marketing side um, and the product development side. So I started taking night classes at uh, the Tepper School of Business at Carnegie Mellon University um, just so I could learn more, sharpen my craft, and then potentially uh, take those same skills to another company, um, hopefully at an even uh, bigger scale, and had a great experience there. And we have pretty small classes. Um, I was doing the night classes there. There were probably 50 or 60 people in my class, and maybe six or eight of them actually worked at Hans, and uh, they were happy. They had good things to say. So And I was a big foodie. Uh, I was a Yelp Elite uh, reviewer five years in a row. And I thought, hey, you know, love Pittsburgh, love food, love marketing, love brands. Um, Why don't I think about them? So I I interned at Heinz, uh, had a really, really positive experience. And then, sort of mid internship, uh, they actually got acquired by a Brazilian company called uh, 3G and um, finished off my internship great, got an offer went back to school to finish. And when I'd come back, it was just a really different company. Uh, 3G is unbelievable at, at cost cutting and at, mm-hmm. at running lean, but they didn't have quite the same emphasis on um, maybe innovation and some of the other areas that I was most passionate about. Um, so I was starting to look for something, I don't want to say edgier, but um, something a little more creative and, and high impact. And I got to meet Dick Zhang at Identify Technologies um, when he was just getting his, pun intended, drone company off the ground. And he had uh, some amazing engineers on the team, but didn't have a lot of people with uh, business experience, marketing experience. Um, And it was kind of a perfect fit. I really wanted to do something uh, more innovative. Um, He valued my experience. And um, we've been living happily ever after for almost two and a half years since.
0: Well, first of all, thanks for asking. I was thanks for answering my second question. I was going to ask you how you became a CMO, so you've, you've saved me that question. But what I, if people paid attention to your answer, one thing that really stood out for me is you are always proactive, and that's and that that may be a lesson. For anyone, if you, if you something that excites you, you want to build that as a skill. Some of the things you did was you you know you, you interned, you took night classes, you put yourself out there, you acquired knowledge, you practiced, and those are all great life lessons or career lessons for anyone, regardless of what position they are in. So for thanks for sh- that's an amazing story. I've uh, I, I, that's what I got out of it. Saying if you want something, if you want to quickly grow in your career, be proactive.
1: Uh, you know, Nizar, I think you're being overly kind to me because I, I was I, I was proactive in that I took initiative to do certain things. But it's not like this was some master plan where when I was you know eight, eight, I said, well, this is how I become a CMO. I hadn't even you know marketing and business weren't even on my roadmap. I was actually a psychology major um, in in undergrad. What really I think I have been good about, and I give my parents a lot of credit for this, for always encouraging it, is whatever I had fun with, I pursued passionately and with a lot of focus and and a lot of enthusiasm. But that wasn't necessarily because I had some master plan. Uh, It's just that all those things have ended up coming together where at the intersection of people and technology and, and marketing sort of that, that's where my job lies, um, and I've been very fortunate to be able to combine a, a lot of my loves and interests together into one. But each one of these wasn't part of a master plan; it was just doing what I what I was passionate about.
0: That that is true, and that that's uh, actually another point as well. Sometimes when you're very young, you may not really know where you want to be, but once you start doing certain actions, it'll take you to a point like today, and where you enjoy what you're doing, and also you're in a better position than most people, so uh, that's that's actually a good point. So I want to go back to the uh, discussion of CMO. I want to take before we get into the nitty gritty. I I want to. I know I gave a definition at the beginning. Perhaps I didn't do a good enough justification. But maybe you can help us out. Uh, what, what is it, what exactly is a chief marketing officer? What does he or she do? Sure, great
1: question. Um, the role will differ a little bit um, depending on the exact industry, the exact company size, but usually. The general rule is your job is to help the company understand what the market needs are and and market opportunities are. So that means looking at all the different competitors that are out there, all the different options to solve the problem that you solve. Where is the white space? uh, Where can you fit and offer people something new that they're really going to value? And then how can you position your company and communicate your value to generate sales the best way possible.
0: So uh, then what does a day-to-day look like then if if it varies from company to company? I know uh, every company is different, so maybe you can help us. What does your day-to-day look like?
1: Yeah, um, I am very fortunate um, to be blessed with an amazing team. So uh, day one, it identified I was kind of the chief cook and, and bottle washer. Um, and now it's it's a little bit more distributed, um, but I still have a role sort of helping to coach everybody and making sure that we're all beating to the or marching to the beat of the same drum. That can be everything from um, shooting videos. This Tuesday, um, we're going out with Ben Sachs to a customer site, uh, who's a great videographer and, and also another fellow entrepreneur, and uh, going to shoot an advertisement there and do customer interviews. Um, we're planning some events where we're going to be uh, having speaking opportunities to educate the audience. And actually, I should say what Identify does, uh, just to maybe help give a little background there. So. What Identify Technologies does is all industrial job sites have to be tracked and mapped to see how they're progressing. And that's true whether um, they're putting in a new hospital or um, doing maybe a mine and they need to move Earth for that or cutting through mountains to put in a new highway. And traditionally, that's been done by hand um, with people marching around with stakes and GPS um, systems. And that's a very uh, slow process. Doing a 100-acre site can easily take a month, and uh, it's potentially a dangerous process where you're hiking up and down hazardous terrain, uh, trying to dodge giant trucks and and not slip down uh, steep steep inclines. Um, So what we do is we actually automate that process. We have drones where you just push a button on the drone. Um, It'll take itself off, fly the whole area, capturing 3D data, come back, land itself, uh, you scan the data to the cloud where it's processed, and you get full 3D interactive maps that show you the exact progress that you've made, uh, your trends, and um, now instead of getting your data back a month later, at which point on a fast-moving job site, the data is wrong, now you get real-time data um, so you can make real-time decisions. So that's Identified Technologies, just to maybe help explain a little bit about the, the robotics and software that we actually offer. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of my job is... Um, you know, I mentioned before looking at what other alternatives are out there. And honestly, our biggest competitor today is just kind of the old way. It's, it's either tracking it with people in the ways I described, or they'll, they'll do standard area. Well, they'll bring in a plane or a helicopter. The problem with that is... You're, you're paying for the jet fuel, you're paying for the pilot, uh, you're paying to actually have them travel out there, not just to actually fly the site, but just to get them to the site. Um, so you can be looking at 20 grand and up every single flight, as opposed to us, you know, you push the button, it flies, and it's actually, there, there's no fee at all. It's just part of a, of a monthly plan. So uh, <laughs> it, it's not, one of the coolest things about robotics is to really able to automate things that have never been possible before and uh-huh. and in the construction and industrial um, sector, the biggest trends now are um, software as a service, internet of things uh, automation, uh, big data and analytics and I love that we're just sitting perfectly at the intersection of all those different trends and and what's been so much fun for us if, if I worked at a paperclip company. You know, you may have the best paper clips in the world, but it's hard to make that sexy. It's hard to get people, you know, charged up and excited about it. Whereas, uh-huh. pe- when people hear drone, they want to, <laughs> they want to yeah. hear the story. Uh, we, we have people flooding our booths. Um, we have people asking to write up stories about us. You know, not just because we're good at what we do, but just because we happen to be at a at a rising trend um, that that has some sex appeal. So I would say. One of the most important things that anyone out there can do if they're interested in marketing, it's not just be good at your job, as important as that is, but it's really it's having a product, um, having a service that people really value and, and where you're doing something unique. Um, you can be the best marketer in the world and, and they're, you know, I don't know who was around in the uh early 90s when pet rocks uh, became a thing i mean you you do have salesmen so good that they can make pretty mundane objects uh, fly off the shelves but uh, you you can really set yourself up at, at an advantage when you are working at a company doing something novel
0: very interesting and i think that's also another career advice right there as uh, there are some industries which of course are in the downturn. Uh, some industries that are flat, and some is on the upswing, and so it's under, it's also before you build a career, it's also good to understand that. So you, yeah, you're right. You could be the best marketer, but if you're in a dull industry, may not be like for example, retail in North America is is being hit very bad that they're closing stores left, right, and center. So probably not a good time to jump in there when they're closing stores. So anyway, Absolutely. that's a that's a that's a side. Uh, T- comment there. Um, I, no, it, I want- it, it's
1: funny you mentioned that. I'll, on my drive um, over earlier today, I passed by three different retail stores, big box, giant retail stores that were all having going out of business sales. It's mm-hmm. sad to see.
0: And I bet they don't have a CMO right now because, me, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking because when you're in a business like that, which is in the downturn, um, it, it may not be even fun doing that job. When, yeah. When you're just trying to survive. Um, so you do bring up a good point uh, about what you just mentioned. So, so you mentioned you have a lot of fun. What, what are some of the things you enjoy about your role, like if there are top two or three things?
1: Well, I think that being a good marketer or a good innovator is about being at the intersection of a couple of different traits. Um, you have to be curious about how things work, how people work, what makes them tick, what they want, what they value. Um, that, that's absolutely essential for the role and you have to be creative in different ways to explore how to, um, solve those problems and how to communicate and express, um, the, the, uh, the value that you offer. Um, I think that those are essential and no matter how good you are at your job, um, it takes a village and, and even if you are a solo marketer, you're still going to be working with engineers, with designers, with um, salespeople, with finance people. So you have to be collaborative. So I call those my, my three uh, C's of marketing is curious, creative, and collaborative. You cannot be good at your job if those aren't uh, essential to what you do. And I, I think being a good marketer, it's not just a job. It's It has to be the way you're wired and it has to be who you are. Um, in terms of what I love about my role specifically, it is those three, but it's also I'm going to add two more C's in, uh, computers, because um, I get to, and I say get to because I really enjoy it, um, but I get to work with drones, with cutting-edge software, with Salesforce and Photoshop and uh, Google AdWords and all these different um, online tools. Um, so that that is something I really, really uh, enjoy and get into. And the other is constant variety, because you know, you're asking what a day-to-day, I guess a day in my life looks like. And it really does vary. I mean, one day I'll be on a client site shooting an ad. The next day I'll be doing um, maybe a a PR interview for a magazine. Uh, The next day we're working on our our digital advertisements. And then the next we're doing content marketing and and blog posts and search engine uh, optimization research. I really don't have a standard day, um, which is part of what I love about my job. I think if I just did any one thing, it would probably eventually get a little stale. But that constant variety uh, really keeps me excited to come in every day
0: so i'm also going to ask you this question because i'm sure every job every profession that is the flip side challenges or things that you do not enjoy what do you what would you say are some of those so
1: i work um it's still a pretty you know smallish startup we're around 25 people and because of that there's really nowhere to hide you know you you get your results or you don't and i think if you <laughs> it's funny. Uh my friend Eli uh worked at Westinghouse and, and I asked him before it ever worked in a big company, uh what's the what's the best and worst thing about working at a big corporation? And he said, Well, the the worst thing is you can really work hard, um, apply yourself And even if you get great results for the company, it's probably not really going to matter. No one's really going to notice, and you won't really be rewarded. Uh, But the best thing is you can really screw up massively, uh, not really work hard, phone it in, and probably no one's really gonna notice. Probably won't really matter. Uh, <laughs> and that just isn't true at a startup. Um your your results matter. Um everyone, you know, you feel the impact, everyone around you feel the impact. Um but that that's part of what does keep me wanting to come in every day and, and really motivated, uh, not just for myself, um, but to help out everyone there, um and, and, and the whole team. So so that uh sense of responsibility is is something that Uh, is usually enjoyable but can also be a little bit challenging you know we we have aggressive deadlines where uh, plenty of organizations if they're going to put up a new website that can easily be a two-year project uh, between research and and development and back and forth Uh, something like that you know i think we did it in maybe a month or two Uh, so really (laughs) just trying to cut the fat every way possible and be as as hands-on as possible a couple other things i mean you're like I said, our, our team isn't huge, um, but when we started out, it was five or six people, and basically uh, at Alpha Lab Gear, um, and we all knew exactly where the company was, what the priorities were. You know, you turned two, two feet to your left, and, and and there was the rest of your team. Uh, now, as we've gotten bigger, there can be a little bit of a challenge just setting crystal clear expectations, um, especially in a fast moving company where priorities uh, can shift quickly. I think two things that that have helped us do that are we do uh, open office. So we have, you know, just tables next to each other, um, no cubicles. And if you have a quick question, you just t- turn and, and ask them they, they, you don't have to usually set up meetings for, for uh something like that if it's just a quick answer. And that helps us really stay on the same page and move fast. I also do one-on-ones meeting with each one of my um, employees every week. And we as a whole organization come together for a town hall meeting once a month uh, just to kind of reconvene on what our numbers are, uh, what's been accomplished since last time, what our goals are for next time, and uh, just give everyone in the whole company an opportunity uh, to, to ask questions and, um, make sure that they're well-informed and on the same page.
0: Okay. So that's, uh, that gives me a very thorough understanding of some of the things that you enjoy, some of the challenges. Now, someone listening to this, they think, wow, this sounds exciting. This is the type of career I want to have eventually. So how do you recommend they get started? Like, what is the initial path look like?
1: Hmm. Um, I think there's a couple of different ways to go. If, if you want to work in a startup, uh, there's usually honestly a pretty small barrier to get in because they're just hungry to have somebody that is also passionate about their idea and, uh, willing to, to believe it and, and help move the mission forward. Um, I mentioned Alpha Lab gear. That's the, uh, accelerator that we came out of at identified and, um, they are, you know, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, or if you want to apply there um, from outside. They do a great job getting brand new companies in that are, that are hungry hungry for talent and basically will are happy to give you the opportunity to shine. Um, the problem uh, with joining a startup is they're pretty unstructured and there's not a whole lot usually of support and education uh, or hand-holding. Uh, my first day on the job at Identify Technologies, I showed up, Dick pointed to my desk, said here's your desk, I pulled out my laptop, and he said, all right, get to work. That that, that was my onboarding. Um, so if, if you want something where you're going to have, you know, months of training and an experienced team holding your hand, um, you may want to join a larger organization or an agency where they sort of have the numbers, they have the infrastructure uh, to get you trained and up to speed. Uh, startups tend to be a little bit more of a sink or swim um, self-education process. The other opportunity would be potentially to go to school. For it, um, but I, I'd say, for, especially for a lot of those digital skills like pay-per-click advertising or Google Analytics, you're probably going to learn that either as you go or in an agency. I, I don't know of many um, universities or colleges that actually teach it.
0: That's actually my next question. Uh, in terms of degrees or certifications, um, you mentioned some of them you could learn, some of them you could not. So can you ta- can, can we talk more about that? Like, does someone need a degree or certification? Yeah.
1: yeah. So there, there's a lot of certification services that are great. You, you can be a certified Google Analytics um, provider. You can be a certified AdWords provider. You can be certified in, in HubSpot or, or Salesforce. So there are those opportunities, but they're not actually given through universities. Um, they're actually given through the programs themselves. So you don't have to kind of go through a particular channel. You would just use that actual resource and then take the test to do it. Uh, I'd, I would compare marketing, particularly digital marketing, to software development, um, where you can go to school for it, but many of the best people I know are self-taught. Many either uh, didn't get a college degree or they majored in something completely different. In fact, um, shout out to our software architect at Identify Technologies, Maurice Ricard. Brilliant, brilliant guy. But, you know, he he majored in English, uh, got a master's in it. Uh, he spent time as a bike messenger, uh, did, a, did a lot of things that had nothing to do with software development, and then just taught himself the ropes. And, and now, um, with quite a bit of experience under his belt, he's uh, unbelievable uh, what he can do. Uh, likewise, my, my friend Jake, completely self-taught and uh, just one, one of the brightest and, and best software developers I know. So, And in fact, his wife, Christina, uh, same deal, but for digital marketing. Uh, did not go to school for it, but has worked in many agencies, helped me start Cypher Styles, uh, now is basically the COO of Barclay REI, a giant uh, marketing agency in Pittsburgh, and crushing it. And it's all either completely self-taught or taught on the job. I will say there there are some advantages to going to school. I had a great experience at the Tepper School of Business at CMU. I mentioned I, I met a lot of people there that turned me on to Heinz, um, which is part of what, probably got me down that track. Uh, Friends there also sort of put in a good word for me with Dick Tsang at Identified, um, which helped me get the job. And and many of our early customers uh, for Identified actually uh, went to Carnegie Mellon. And I was able to reach out to them, and they they were happy to give us a chance just to help out a classmate or an uh, alumni. So I think, well, I did learn valuable things there, Um, the network. Is really powerful too and that, that's a tough thing to replicate from you know an online course or a textbook
0: i have so many questions i don't know where to start with what he just said so first of all uh, i just want to make sure people caught this so there's someone in your company maurice uh, you mentioned who's a software architect but had an english degree you got it uh, and you i think you mentioned at the beginning you have a psychology degree and yet here you are a cmo so that's, that's actually impressive. So the lesson there for anyone listening, even for myself, is there is a lot of value to experience. Education is great, but experience really trumps that.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. But, th- you know, there's a little bit more in common with an English major and a computer science major or a psychology degree and marketing uh, than may appear on first glance. Um, so I actually asked Maurice once, uh, you know, Uh, about his job and he said well actually writing a software program is a lot like writing a book except uh it would be like if because you skipped the comma on the hundredth page of the book if the whole thing burst into flames that's what a software program's like because if uh (laughs) code's buggy nothing works um but but that same attention to detail that same thoroughness it's expressed there and for me uh you know what got me into psychology was I, um, I have a lot of doctors in my family, and the, the values of, of helping people um, and solving their problems were, were really uh, deep, but I hate blood, <laughs> I hate needles, uh, so going to med school, it just wasn't um, realistic for me, um, but psychology was sort of my way of expressing that, and then when, when I'm doing marketing, I'm trying to do that same thing. I'm trying to find out what makes people tick, what are their problems, how can their lives be better? And then trying to build that and and communicate that to give it to them.
0: Very, very interesting. So the next question, we have to cover the degree we got. We covered how to get started, right? Now, the next question is, so what does an ideal career path look like? So they get started in marketing. um, And let's say, you know, they, they get to join your ranks. They become a chief marketing officer. Where can it take them from there?
1: Yeah, good question. I think of the what I would call the recommended requirements more as a checklist than a sequence. So the different boxes that you need to check and the different skill sets you need to have, there's no right path to get there. But um, you eventually probably want to have all these under your belt um, before you can have that leadership position, Um, I I, I guess. But there's a lot of ways to arrive there. I'd say many paths uh, all take you to the top of the same mountain. And some of those skills uh, that I think you'd want to have under your belt are you have to be good with uh, digital pay-per-click advertising. That's things like uh, Google AdWords, uh, Bing, Facebook ads. Um, With Facebook, you you have to be good at general social media marketing. Um, That's in particular these days, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, but could also be Instagram or Pinterest, depending on your exact uh, offering. You have to understand search engine optimization, uh, what what things like Google need to see to rank you highly, and then um, be comfortable with content strategy and writing, things like white papers, blog posts, ebooks, case studies. Um, that that's all just table stakes for the job. And you don't have to be a master at, at any one of these, but you have to be good enough that you can do it and you can work with people that, that do it. You also need to be able to do landing page design for websites, uh, conversion optimization to make sure those websites are getting the uh, actions that you want, things like maybe signing up for a newsletter or uh, downloading a white paper. Um, in most cases, you, you have to be able to do a little bit of event promotions uh, that that'll be uh, and, and just event management. So maybe that's getting collateral like brochures and banners for the event getting people to actually come out to your booth and 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 understand what you're doing and want to talk to you um you have to be able to do market research and customer research Um, we talked about that before but the market research is more um, what your competitors are doing and then the customer research is more just on an individual level um what are their priorities what are their values what are their concerns and then with all that You have to be able to do financial modeling and forecasting. Um, So that's to say, oh, you know, if we do this new advertising campaign or if we invest the $20,000 for this next event, what do we think is going to happen? How many sales is that going to get us? Um, What's the long-term impact on our company from that? And is the investment justified? Um, And then kind of forecasting that forward. And then with all that, you, you also just need to understand how to manage a team. And I think that's something that gets really, uh, ignored by a lot of people. They just say, well, you know, if they're good at X, then we'll put some people under them and, uh, everything will be great. But management is a real skill. And, uh, I, I think probably bad management is one of the, uh, greatest natural resources, uh, on the planet. Um, so <laughs> to, to have some experience learning from people how to do it well, uh, learning what not to do, um, I think is really, really important before you're, you're running a team. And then probably gets the last few are, public relations, that that can be press releases, coverage, strategic communications, and then just the basics of design. You don't have to be um, the world's greatest designer, but you need to at least be able to work with people that are, have a coherent conversation with them, know what to ask for, and uh, make sure you're not getting ripped off, because I've seen companies paying literally $10,000 for what takes five minutes in Photoshop. Uh, so to, <laughs> to to know enough that, that you can have smart conversations and not, not get ripped off is, is absolutely essential.
0: So Barry, the last question I have is, I know you've shared a lot of ideas here, uh, but if I were to ask you, uh, if I were to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, Barry, what is the only advice, what, uh, if there's one key advice you will give to someone who wants to get into the field, what would that be?
1: So it's a good question. Um, I'm going to say something that may seem a little bit opposite to a lot of what I've talked about, but I think I'll I'll try to pull it together to explain, which is if you want to be a great marketer, yes, you have to have a big, broad skill set. But the best way to do that is not to pursue all those different um, priorities all at once. And, well, you can absolutely have it all. You can't have it all at the same time. Um, And and each one of the things that I've learned in those areas – I sort of specialized in that area briefly long enough to, um, to get good at it. It wasn't spreading myself so thin. Um, because if, if, if everything is your first priority, then everything is also your last priority. Um, so I would try to think about which one of their, those they're maybe most passionate about. Maybe that's social media marketing. Um, maybe that's brand strategy. But whatever they're most curious about, most passionate about, whatever feels like the best fit, start there. Uh, find an opportunity there, whether um, – maybe that's in a corporation if they want more uh, education and structure um, and less risk. Uh, maybe that's in a startup if they want less barriers and more of a chance just to, to improvise and, and take ownership. Um, but either way, find an opportunity to explore that and see, you know, is this really what I want to do? Or, or is um, is this going to help guide me in another direction? And to be a CMO, you have to enjoy a little bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that's not the only right role. Um, you know, you, maybe someone gets into social media marketing and they fall in love with it, and they don't want to do a little bit of everything, they want to master that. Um, and they can still rise up either by helping their organization or by joining larger and larger companies or more and more senior uh, roles. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes people think of it as, oh, the CMO or the CEO, that is the most prestigious role. that, that That's the role that's going to make me happiest when for some people it will. Um, but there's no shame at all at, at finding what you love and sticking with that and getting better and better at that. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to make that clear. I, I think sometimes people, um, and I see this a lot, uh, when people are looking for software developers too, but they want kind of this, this impossible package of someone who can do every single thing possible and does it all incredibly precisely and does it all extremely fast and is super strategic. And those are probably four different people um there's there's not <laughs> usually going to be one person that, that that can do everything and uh organizations will need different things at different times um and and y- you can't hold it against people um for sort of being what they are i had some friends at another robotics company um they hired someone who what they needed was someone really experienced who was really careful that would never put out code that had bugs and they were really frustrated because they left, um, they took the team for a client visit, uh, came back and he hadn't got gotten that much done. And they were really frustrated. But the thing is, they didn't hire him to be fast. They hired him to be a good leader and to be really careful. That's what he's good at. Um, and I think the same can be true of of marketing. Um, I'm, I have a very, very broad skill set um, and I'm strategic, but I'm not the most precise person in the world. If you really dig, you can probably find a comma missing somewhere. I'm fast, but I'm not the fastest. I mean, there's people that can turn around more. Um, so it's it's all about kind of knowing what your strengths are, knowing what you're passionate about. And I think as long as you're following those passions and you're honest with yourself, that's how you're going to get the best professional outcome.
0: I think that's a great advice. And uh, it, it, it goes back to some finding one's interest and also trying to really f- – there's a few things I learned from the last, last answer – Find your interest, also find what is expected of you within a company. Each company is different and try to maximize that. You don't have to be the master of everything, mm-hmm. but if uh, it depends on your position. So that's that's what I got out of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Barry, uh, thanks once again for joining us. This is a great, uh, you shared a lot of great insights about marketing, about what a CMO does. I'm sure uh, I've learned a few things. I'm sure the audience will learn a few things as well as they're listening to this episode. Uh, so thanks for being a guest.
1: Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Um, if anyone wants to follow up, um, go to IdentifiedTech.com. You can reach me at brapkin at IdentifiedTech.com or uh, go to BarryBrands.com. And uh happy to answer any follow-up questions. And Nisar, I really appreciate you having me on today.
0: You are welcome, Barry. Thank you. Thank you, folks, uh, for listening to this episode of the Career Metis podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview as part of a blog post, and also I'll be adding all the links and resources that Barry has mentioned uh, in the same blog post. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a review or a comment. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share the episode among your network. Until next time, this is Nissar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis podcast. Thank you.